Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm Dennis Ackman. Please be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rep. Dan, the Raiders put on the pads for the first time in training camp this week, but let's begin with the biggest news, and that was the sudden retirement of offensive lineman Denzel Good, who many, including myself, had him penciled in at a starting guard spot. Stan, how big of a loss is this for the Raiders' O-line? Oh, I definitely think it's going to be um, a loss that they're going to go ahead and feel throughout the course of the season, just because he was somebody that obviously provided a certain level of continuity, certain level of stability. So now they're going to have to find somebody to go ahead and fill that role and not be something in spot duty. Okay, you know what? Somebody's got to fill in for a game or two, something like that. Now that he's retired, you need to find his replacement. You need to find somebody that's going to go ahead and fill that void, not somebody who can just go ahead and fill in for the time being. So it's definitely going to be a work in progress for what we already thought was an, a shaky offensive line coming into this season for these Las Vegas Raiders. And now that you got this high-powered offense with all of these weapons, you got to find a way to protect Derek Carr. Absolutely. All right. Before I give my take on the situation, here's Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels on the offensive line. It's too early to sit here and try to say where it's at, um, you know, but there's multiple guys in there that are competing. Um, you know, they know that they all know it. Um, you know, we're going to try to play the best 11 guys on every snap. It's the right thing to do. Uh, it's the best thing for the team, you know, and if we keep putting the best 11 out there, regardless of, you know, what, how young, old, whatever, it doesn't matter about that. It just, if we put the best 11 out there, I think everybody respects the fact that we're trying to win. Um, so, you know, everybody's going to get opportunities, you know, we had, you know, Jermaine's doing the same thing. Thayer's doing the same thing, you know. So we, we got a lot of people that are rotating in there on the right side. Um, we got a lot of people that are playing a lot of spots too, you know, which, like I said, it's it's not just one spot on the line. It's we're going to try to find the best five linemen. We're going to try to find the best 11 to put out there in every play in each unit. So, um, you know, I think they all have a great mindset. Everybody's working. Um, there are no, we told them there, there are no, like, well, this is this and this is that. I mean, we have, te- we have periods where we start and those guys aren't in there, you know? So, um, there's a lot of competition. I think it makes them all better. They've embraced it, uh, which is really the, what we want from our team. And, uh, we'll look forward to letting it play out on the field. They'll determine it. All right. Good was 31 and he was coming off a knee injury, which limited him to one game a year ago. But as I said earlier, he was expected to reclaim. His starting job at right guard, you know, he took a massive pay cut, making over just over $3 million to just over $1 million. He had about nearly $425,000 in incentives. Stan, the Raiders were 19th in pressure rate allowed and 27th in yards per carry last season, according to TrueMedia.com. They had one of the most penalized offensive lines in the league. So the most significant changes, you know, the front office made to the offensive line in the offseason. They drafted Dylan Parham in the third round, and they hired offensive line coach Carmen Brasillo uh, in the offseason. So, Stan, as of right now, this is what the Raiders' offensive line looks like. I mean, Colton Miller, I would say, is above average at left tackle. John Simpson right now is the left guard. Andre James is the center. Lester Cotton is the right guard. And then at right tackle, Stan, you're looking at either John Parker or former first-round pick Alex Leatherwood. And you'll recall last year, Leatherwood started the first four games at tackle then moved to guard because he struggled so badly. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe keep an eye on rookie Dylan Parham. I mean, maybe he could potentially displace either Simpson or Cotton at guard. But, you know, Stan, I almost look like 
the Raiders offense like this, you mentioned it, all the wonderful weapons that Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Renfro, Josh Jacobs. It's like they're, they're a bunch of beautiful diamonds that you need to protect, you know? Yes. No but doubt then the Raiders it. offensive line is like your local security guards <laughs> who are making like, you know, like minimum wage, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, what? I don't know. I mean, I just, it's just, you know, I've been harp. You know me, I've been harping on it since last year. I felt like the, Front office failed to address this uh, with any big free agent signings. And I feel like, you know, now it might come back to, to bite him in the proverbial, you know what, and we're just going to have to see how it plays out. And hopefully, you know what, hopefully Leatherwood has made some strides from year one to year two. Let's see what Parham, the rookie, you know, he's been highly touted so far. Let's see if he can make, you know, a dent and maybe uh, break into that starting lineup. We're just, just going to have to wait and see how it all plays out. All right, man, let's uh, go ahead and make the sponsors happy and give a read right here. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting props and futures head to bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bets use the promo code believe 50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right stan let's move on and mike sando of the athletic recently pulled 50 nfl coaches executives six general managers eight head coaches 10 evaluators, 12 coordinators, six quarterback coaches, seven execs who make specialties, including analytics, game management, and the salary cap. Now, the panel placed 35 veteran quarterbacks into one of five tiers. Tier one, the best. Tier five, the worst. We're not going to get into all 35. We're just going to focus on the first 12 because the first 12, four of them are in the AFC West. So then quarterbacks were, you know, ranked by average of vote and placed in the tiers based on the vote distribution. So here's tier one, and this is what, how they rank tier one. A tier one quarterback can carry his team each week. The team wins because of him. He expertly handles pure passing situations. He has no real holes in his game. Now, Aaron Rodgers is first, no argument there. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Joe Burrow. Those are the six quarterbacks at tier one. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go to tier two. A quarterback, a two tier quarterback, he carries teams sometimes, but not as consistently. He can handle pure passing situation in doses and or possesses other dimensions that are special enough to elevate him above tier three. He has a hole or two in his game. Mm -hmm. Now here's tier two in order, in order. Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and number 12 is the Raiders, Derek Carr. Now, Stan, before I get your reaction to this, here's what some of the things have been said about Derek Carr. And this is from a head coach. He is close to a tier one. Just from an intellect standpoint, he always puts them in a good position. He makes a lot of good decisions. But similar to Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford, there is something different in Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Carr is just a notch below those guys. He can't quite overcome when it's bad around him. Here's another thing. Carr has been an easy target to blame for some of the crazy stuff that goes on there. And he's kind of a dorky guy, a little bit easy, easy to make fun of, a defensive coach said. But I think the more he has played, 
And what they did last year with all the turmoil they had, and Derek being a steady hand with solid numbers, that has helped him. And this is one AFC West coach, excuse me, an AFC West coach said he thought Carr had powered through perceptions that he shrinks in the face of the rush, but all agree Carr needs to be protected better than some. What do you make of the uh, tears? And then what do you make of what is being said about Derek Carr? Oh man, I got a few. Uh, I got a few comments about the tears. I I really don't have a huge problem with those top two tiers that you just named. Only thing I would put Deshaun Watson uh, in the top tier. I live out here in Houston, Texas, obviously, and I've watched Deshaun Watson play, and he is somebody that can make all the throws. Not only that, he's also mobile. He's somebody who can lead an offense. We all remember what happened in the 2019 year when they came out the gate, I think 0-3, and then won nine straight games, and then wound up beating the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs in the wild card round, and then lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in the uh, divisional round after they were up 24-0. So that right there in itself, obviously Deshaun Watson, he deserves to be in that top tier. And then, like I said, obviously I'm talking about everything on the field, not off the field when I'm talking about Deshaun Watson in this regard. But as far as what you're going, as far as the uh, the the uh, the, tier, uh, the 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 tier two quarterbacks, other than Deshaun Watson being in there when he should be in the top tier, I don't have any issues with it. What they said about Derek Carr, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And when you look at him with a Dak Prescott or Matthew Stafford or or what have you, or, or even a Lamar Jackson, I don't have many qualms about it because the one thing that a lot of Raider Nation, a lot of the fans have had issues with is that Derek Carr has all the ability. We know that back in 2016, he actually received NFL MVP votes. Right. So yep. we clearly know that he has the ability, but it's just something about – once you get to the point to where Derek Carr has played about two or three really good games and you get to the point to where you feel like you can almost bank on him having a good game the same way that you know Monday comes after Sunday, the same way you know Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good game, that's at that moment where he'll put up a stinker like a game against the Washington Commanders last year in December right. or how you saw how they put up a clunker against the Cincinnati Bengals. But now looking back on it with the Bengals going all the way to the Super Bowl, not as much of a clunker because you know what? Cincinnati was a pretty good team. And so when you see games like that or let's say last year against the New York Giants out there uh, at MetLife Stadium, right. certain games where you just scratch your head and like, OK. They shouldn't have lost to that team. They shouldn't have lost to that team right there on that Sunday. That's why Derek Carr is in the second tier because of those moments where just when you get to the point to where you can almost bank on him playing well, that's when he'll have a game that he just should not have. And so uh, and so you always feel like there's something, there's something left to still be desired versus the Aaron Rodgers of the world, the Tom Brady's, the Pat Mahomes, the Josh Allen's, you feel like they've already turned the corner where you know that they're going to play well and that their team is going to win because of them, not in spite of them. You know what, Stan, I look at the tier two, and I do agree with Deshaun Watson. I think he is one of the better quarterbacks. We don't know what's going to happen with him this year with all uh, the stuff going off the field legally, but I, I agree with you. I think he definitely belongs in tier one. I think Derek, look, at if everything goes right for the Raiders – I think he could possibly end up maybe at the towards the ladder of that tier one. But Stan, Justin Herbert, I have a little bit of issue with him being a tier one, and just hear me out why. I think a lot of times we are so quick to anoint the next big thing. 
Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, this kid is talented. I mean, you and I have seen him enough. As, you know, he's within the Raiders division playing for the Chargers. We've seen him, what, four times now? And I think he is very talented. I think he's put up some fantastic numbers. And I know he's only played two years, Stan, but I think we're just so ready to anoint him as one of the next great things. Stan, he hasn't even been in the postseason yet. Yeah. They, I mean, they haven't even, they finished one game over 500. And I'm sorry, but I'm blanking on what their record was his rookie season. And I know he didn't start out of the gate, but he became the starter and they didn't make the playoffs then. And, and, I, and I get it that they had a poor defense. They've had awful special teams, but I could say the same thing about Derek Carr, Stan. He has dealt with a lot of poor defenses over his time on the Raiders and coaching, not maybe special teams, but turnover in the front office, you know, with the coaching staff. So I think we're just, we're too much in a hurry to anoint Justin Herbert as the next great thing. I just don't think he's proven it on the field that first of all, he could take his team in the playoffs and that he can win a two, win a game or two in the postseason to rank being in tier one with the guys like Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. I, I really mm-hmm. do. I do. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, when when I look at Justin Herbert, obviously we know that he has all the physical ability. Like, right. there's no doubt about that. Yes, agree. And so. And so because of that, looking at last year, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, he's got to go ahead and get that down a little bit, going for 5,000 yards. And he had his team actually in, a, in, the, in, the, in the position to qualify for the playoffs sure. in week 18. And, you right. know, when you're thinking about a quarterback in his second year, that's pretty much all you can really ask for, especially with him going number six overall or number five. I'm sorry, it was uh, right behind – to us. So I think he went number six overall. And so with that being said, I like Justin Herbert, but I'm right there with you when you talk about how he hasn't done it yet. So you can't really just go ahead and anoint him. So what I would do, I would swap out Justin Herbert for Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson has already proven himself, you know? So I think that um, because of Justin Herbert, big, strong arm, things like that, that's why people are already anointing pointing him in there he already want to he already has now been to a pro bowl things like that um so because of those accolades because of the big strong arm because the 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 throws that you've seen him make on monday night football against the kansas city chiefs and sunday night football against the las vegas raiders that's why you're putting him in there and i'll go ahead and push back and say this as far as who it was who, who who made this list now some people believe that, okay, in my top tier, it has to be seven quarterbacks or it has to be six quarterbacks. And so maybe they just simply thought he was next up on the list to fill that, for that top tier category. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. To, to basically fill that quota per se. Now, I would go ahead, I'd insert Deshaun Watson. I'd put Justin Herbert in that, in that number two tier simply because – he has not done anything in the postseason yet. He hasn't qualified for the postseason. Right. But just, you know, but aside from that, I can't completely say that they're out to lunch with uh with putting him in the top tier just because I'll put it like this. Is it a situation where your top seven guys, your top seven quarterbacks are automatically top tier? Or is it like a is or is it some sort of a criteria like a grading system where anybody who's graded out as a 90 or above is considered tier one? Well, 
if you only got four guys who grade out at 90 or above, then you only got four guys in tier one, and then everybody else is in tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five, uh, and so on. So I want to know, was it a situation where, okay, I got to have seven guys in tier one, and then everything else is going to play off of that? Or are these simply the guys who were chosen to be in tier one, regardless of a certain quota or anything like that? Dan, let me ask you this then. Okay, l- let's do this. I'm going to give you one. Two, I'm going to give you four quarterbacks who have either won one postseason game or no postseason games, and it comes down to one drive. I need one drive, and I need a touchdown to win to get in the playoffs. And I'm going to okay. give you Justin Herbert. I'm going to give you Baltimore's Lamar Jackson. I'm going to give you the Cowboys' Dak Prescott, and I'm going to give you the Raiders' Derek Carr. Who are you taking? And we need we got we one drive. We got one drive. We've got a minute left to go in this ball game. We need a touchdown. We win the game. We're in the postseason. Oh, okay. Well, I would not go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I would not go with Dak Prescott. Not because they're not good quarterbacks, but if you're asking me to choose, yeah, choose. Yeah. I'm just uh, yes. like I'm going. I'm going down the list of yep. you know who I, who I'm already throwing out of the who I'm already throwing out of the category. Right. Uh, I would probably, <sighs> you know, I would probably go with Justin Herbert. Okay. I probably would, and and I hate to say that, especially being on this podcast, and it's because big, strong arm, gunslinger, and Justin Herbert has already shown me that he's fearless. He's already shown me that he's not he has not met a throw that he doesn't like as of yet. And for Derek Carr, there's times where he just doesn't pull the trigger when I feel like he can. And the thing is, he can because he's proven it before. He's got an arm. He's had NFL MVP votes back in the 2016 season, but sometimes it just seems like he's kind of timid or sometimes it just seems like he's tentative. But for Justin Herbert, he's willing to just let it rip. And we saw that firsthand Sunday night football in the season finale, winner take all, winner go to the playoffs. So I think that for me, if you're asking me right now, gun to my head, I would go with Justin Herbert out of those four that you just gave me the options. All right, I got to look this stat up, but I'm pretty sure Derek Carr, since he came into the NFL, has the most fourth quarter comeback drive. Yeah, no, oh no, he does. I'm like, and and, and right. I knew you were going to go there with that, but <laughs> if but like I said, I'm but see the thing is, and 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 here's where, and and you know Matthew Stafford has been up there as far as like you know fourth quarter comebacks as well, and obviously that's a great that's a great trait, that's a great characteristic right. to be able to go ahead and come back and lead your team to victory. Only pushback would be well. How the hell was your team down already? I get that. I get that. You know what I'm trying sure. to say so. Yeah. So that that would be my only pushback on that. And I say this, and mind you, I want everybody to make sure they hear me very clearly. Justin Herbert is six six, big, strong arm. I like bigger quarterbacks that can stand in that pocket almost like a statue and go ahead and let it rip. So. Forgive me, but I'm a little more partial to taller quarterbacks because I think they're able to see over the line a little bit better. So anybody that's listening to this podcast, I want them to also understand this is also my decision. This is also my choice. What I'm more partial to with what I want in my prototypical quarterback. I'm not saying Justin Herbert's the best quarterback in the league because he's not. But if you're asking me who I would choose because I like taller quarterbacks, that's why I would go with the Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert seems more fearless 
And you can clearly see right here, Justin Herbert last year, 38 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Derek Carr, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. So Justin Herbert has 15 more touchdowns and only one more INT. That's a gunslinger mentality where, you know what, F it. I don't care. I'm going to let this rip. I trust Mike Williams. I trust Keenan Allen. I trust all my guys. And I'm just going to put it up there and then let the chips fall where they may. And I like that type of mentality. All right, Stan, let's move on to our final topic now. And this one, uh, head scratcher, embarrassing. Oh, so man. Many, so oh, many man. different ways to describe it. So oh, let's, good Lord. Let's talk about this. So the Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray this week agreed on a contract extension worth about $230.5 million, including roughly $160 million guaranteed. That's according to the NFL Network. Now, just a few days later, news emerged of a rare, if not unprecedented, addendum within the deal that required the talented quarterback to study game field at home four hours a week for the deal to stay in compliance that runs through 2028. Now, not only did the Cardinals take so much heat, but Kyler Murray did as well. So, Stan, before we recorded this podcast on Thursday evening, the Cardinals came out with a statement not too long before this, and it said, after seeing the distraction it created, we removed the addendum from the contract. It was clearly perceived in ways that were never intended. Our confidence in Kyler Murray is as high as it's ever been, and nothing demonstrates our belief in his ability to lead this team more than the commitment reflected in this contract. Stan, the floor is yours. You know, I'm going to tell you like this, DA. It's things like this is why Arizona is not going to win the NFC West anytime soon. This things like this, why the Arizona Cardinals won't be anything of serious contention within the playoffs. And I'll go ahead and I'll just dive in. Okay, we all know Kyler Murray, been in the league three years, two Pro Bowls. We know he's a phenomenal player. He was phenomenal in high school. He was phenomenal in college. So he just transferred all of that to the NFL. Much, much respect to him. But we also know Kyler Murray, after that Final playoff game against the Los Angeles Rams where they got blasted. Kyler Murray felt like the team set him up for failure. Okay, you know what? Maybe they did. I don't think that's the case, but maybe he feels maybe there's a reason why he feels that way. He goes and deletes every he deletes everything associated with the Arizona Cardinals off of his Instagram page. Like that's childish. That's like what, you know, you're getting into it with your girlfriend and she deletes all your pictures off her page and you do the same. Like, that's just, that's childish. But you know what? Kyler Murray's like, what, 24, 25? So I can understand his decisions. I can understand his actions because he is still young within this league. So I got to go ahead and give him a little bit of a reprieve on that. So Arizona then goes, decides that we're going to pay him early. We don't got to really pay him for about another year or two, but we're going to do it because we feel that he's deserving. Cool. I'm fine with that. He's a phenomenal player. I can see why you wanted to damn pay him. But apparently one would suspect, surmise that when a team gives you a salary that puts you up there, top tier guys in the league at your position what, $46.1 million a year, something like that, because total number is 230.5, right? right? right. Yes. They make it just, in, just past Deshaun Watson's per-year average. I would suspect, I would assume that they're pleased with everything that he brings to the organization on the field, off the field, 
in the classroom, in the meeting room, in the weight room. But apparently that's not quite the case because they want to put the independent study clause in his contract. So there's something going on within that facility that makes them feel that, you know what? Oftentimes when you're a young player, they give you a big contract because it's also projecting what you're going to become as a player going forward. Okay. So even in the, even in the regard that projecting he's going to become a better leader, he's going to become a better pro. He's going to be more astute when it comes to film study, but to go ahead and make sure that because we don't trust him, his word for it, taking his word for it, we got to put this in this contract to make him contractually obligated. And if he's in breach of it, well, now some of his money is not guaranteed, things like that. First of all, Arizona, if you felt that way, I'm not really sure that you should have paid him this quickly. That's number one. But you know what? You, you paid him and you gave yourself a few loopholes to go ahead and make sure that you're not stuck just, you know, holding the hand grenade if this all goes south. Understandable. Somebody finds out about the cause. It hits the internet. It hits the news. And now everybody's asking questions. Well, why'd you sign this guy right. to all this money if you are not completely satisfied with his approach to the game? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Obviously, that's egg on their face. They don't know how to answer that without sounding like a blithering idiot for giving him the money. Okay. Kyler Murray, who was already shown that he's a little bit immature, he's a little bit helter-skelter, he's a little bit of a hothead, he doesn't like now how he's being perceived as somebody who's not a student of the game, somebody that does not put in as much preparation as he should, somebody who doesn't care as much as he should. He doesn't like that. So now he's got to go, he's got to give this press conference. And now, because of everything that's swirling with what you did, Steve Kime, with what you did, now you want to take out the clause because of the distraction that it's causing? First, you're the one that put the damn clause in right. the contract. So you felt strongly enough that we don't trust Kyler's word enough to tell with him telling us, hey, I'm going to be more of a student of the game. You want to go ahead and get him on the dotted line and have him be contractually obligated. So you know what? If you felt that way, Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime, stand on it. Stand on it the same way the team that's the class of the NFC West, the San Francisco 49ers, they had Debo Samuel say all throughout the offseason he wanted to be traded. Clearly, John Lynch and, uh, and Kyle Shanahan went in somehow, some way, had to talk with Debo, like, hey, bro, listen, you're a great player. We want to have you here for years to come. I understand you're asking for a trade, but uh, right happening. now, we don't really feel like trading you, so we're not doing it. Right. We're standing on our belief. That's what the San Francisco 49ers are doing. Arizona showing that, you know what? Based on whatever's going on with the media, based on whatever temperature is going on with the public, we're just going to flow with that. And that's why Arizona is still going to be somebody that comes out of the gate, probably playing pretty good, and then they're going to sputter down the stretch because that's not leadership. That's not. That's being a thermometer. You're supposed to be a thermostat. You set the temperature. You set the tone as the leader of the organization. You don't be no damn thermometer and let everything go ahead and fluctuate with the temperature outside. Are you kidding me? The media, the public, you're going to let them control what you do in the front office? Like, come on, man. Like, so that to me right there 
it shows who's running that organization. And you got this 24, 25 year old kid running the organization. So now you want to take out the cause because you don't want him being embarrassed. You should have never put the damn cause in the damn contract if you didn't want him to be embarrassed. But you attached yourself, you hitched yourself to this wagon of this kid who was a phenomenal player, no doubt about it, but he's got some growing up to do. So you paying him a year from now, what would be the harm in that? Still giving him 230, 160 guaranteed, all of that. Let him go ahead and prove that he is the player you want him to be. You don't got to go ahead and give it into his demands right now. Look at what the 49ers are doing with Debo Samuel. Look at what the Los Angeles Chargers are doing with Derwin James. Look at how a couple years ago, Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to be traded out of Green Bay, right? Where is Aaron Rodgers going to be? Where's Aaron Rodgers last year? Where is he going to be at least this year and probably next year? So, Stan, you mentioned Green Bay, and I did want to follow up on this real quickly. When you look at teams like Green Bay, like you mentioned with San Francisco and Pittsburgh, teams that have rich traditions, and you look at an Arizona who does not have a great track record. They haven't made the postseason you know, a lot. I know they have been to the Super Bowl, but you know, they're not one of the blue bloods of the NFL. No, if no I'm means. in that locker room, and you've been in, obviously in an NFL locker room for eight years, and you're looking at this situation from afar. Kyle, Kyler Murray plays the most important position in sports. He's the highest paid person on that team. How are you looking at this? If you're an Arizona Cardinal player, real quick, I just lost. I just lost respect for Kyler Murray because they don't even trust your word that you're going to become a better a better professional. They don't even trust your word. They want to get you on the dotted line, and because everything all came out, and now you're miffed. Now you're heated that everybody's now knowingly putting the 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 label on you of not being a professional, things like that. You obviously are mad about it, and because you're mad about it. Now, mom and dad decided to go ahead and take the cause out of the contract all to go ahead and appease you. So now who's the leader? Where's the leadership, the leadership at? That's what I'm questioning right now as an Arizona Cardinal. There's currently no leader. It doesn't bowl for a, for a good upcoming season, everything that no, you're saying. And not at all. Because you, you've got the experience. You've been in those locker rooms. You played with teams who have not had leadership. And that results in what, four or five, maybe four, five, six, yeah, perhaps, maybe, maybe. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that somebody has to be the adult in the room and stand up and say, okay, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it, period. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody thinks. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And clearly Steve Kimes showed right there that he doesn't have the balls to stand on something he did. He did. He don't have the balls to stand on it because he doesn't want to piss off Kyler Murray, whom he just gave a quarter of a billion dollars to. Sam, we haven't even played a preseason game in the NFL. Yeah. It's the gift that just keeps it's like on a soap it, opera, man. isn't it? Unbelievable. God. It is really unbelievable. Like, think about that. Uh, independent study. Some guys, they have to be a certain weight. You know, some guys like to play basketball in the offseason, so they put something in your cause where you can't participate in extreme sports. Sure, I get You know, because they don't want you to get injured. Right. All that, but the Arizona Cardinals are simply asking Kyler Murray, hey, man, just be a professional. You know, watch four hours of film a week, please. Please. Like, here's $230 million, but, I mean, can you watch film, please? Please? Like, God damn. Unbelievable. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Rout, I'm Dennis Ackerman. May all your punts find the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.